the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. And welcome to the Pro-America Report. I'm Noah. Thanks for joining me. What you need to know in mere moments with my guest and friend, Kip Harris. But before we get there, it is the Pro-America Report. So Ed Martin will be joining you here in just a bit with two tremendous interviews, Daphne Barak and Eric Campman. But now we're going to get into something that you do need to know, and not just because it's the Christmas season, because you should be joyful, and even for the little things that you might not even know are there, 365 all year round. And that is what my guest Kip Harris is all about. Go to improbablejoy.com. He's an author and a speaker. And back in 2004, his life changed probably more than he could ever imagine that it would. After a day of mountain biking, he found himself in the ER. And then when he woke up, he found out that he would be eventually a three-time cancer survivor. Now, I know what this is all about. I've been through cancer myself. And he has a brand new outlook on life because after that, after 2004 and having three surgeries and those three bouts with chemotherapy going through cancer, his outlook has completely changed. And he decided to begin his journey with writing a book called Improbable Joy. It is something that I think is amazing that he is writing this Improbable Joy book. And to tell us all about what's in the book and why we should be maybe looking out for joy in a little bit more aggressive type manner in all the little places is Kip Harris, my guest. Kip, it's a pleasure to have you on. It's been far too long. I was just thinking the same thing. It's been way too long. Good to be here, Noah. So let's talk about the book first. So you went through cancer three times. Again, this is something that I think changes people's perspective. Again, I've been through it myself. Uh, After going through it even the first time, what was your attitude towards life? It obviously changed. Yeah, so I think I've told you this before. My attitude changed tremendously. So I was working in corporate America, living in the Bay Area out in California, and I had to take six months off from work to do that chemo the first time. And when I went back to work, I can recall the very moment when I knew that my life had to change. And that was when I was sitting at my desk. I was on the phone with a client or customer who was upset about something. And that was part of my job was to handle customer complaints. I hung the phone up. And the first thought that came into my head was chemotherapy is, was more fun than this job. And that was the moment that I knew something had to change. Um, So from that moment forward, I found a way to quit that job, which I loved for a long time, but I just, I no longer loved that job. And moved back to North Dakota, which I never would have chosen to do had I not gone through chemo. And then, uh, you know, I I think find ways to connect. I mean, it really, um, it didn't happen instantaneously right after my diagnosis, but... Um, that's kind of where it started with that moment at my desk when I knew something had to change. 
Now, tell us about finding joy in unexpected places. I know some people are going to say, well, you know what? You don't know my life. I've been through some pretty traumatic events, and you know there is no joy in my life right now. But that's where you come back and say, you need to start looking a little bit more carefully because it's those unexpected places. It's those smaller places that you can find the biggest amounts of joy. Yeah, absolutely. And I will concede that I think it's it's easier to find joy in really unexpected places when all you have to do is look for it. You know, when I was going through chemo the first time for six months, I didn't work. I was fed through a tube in my chest. I didn't eat. All I had to do was look for joy. So I think it was a little bit easier. That maybe sounds a little counterintuitive, but because I was going through chemo and I was getting sick and it wasn't fun in so many ways. But when you get into regular life, life has a tendency of distracting us. And I think that's also the problem when it comes to people not seeing the joy. We're distracted. And I use this analogy, and it's probably, I don't know if it's a good one. I use it a lot. Maybe it's bad. Somebody should tell me to stop using it. But, you know, if you think about your big toe, right, your big toe's hurting. Yeah. If all you're doing is focusing on your big toe, because, oh, my gosh, my big toe's hurting. My big toe's hurting. If that's all you're focused on, you're going to miss all kinds of other stuff that's going on around you in that same exact moment. And that's, that's what it's like whenever people go through something traumatic. Um, we tend to, to give all of our focus and attention to that negative energy, that negative, that bad thing that's going on because we're like, oh, poor me, I'm going through this, and oh, it's so awful, and I hate this. Stop focusing on that. I'm not suggesting that you let it roll over you, but stop focusing on that. Look around because there's something else that exists in that same moment that I guarantee you is joyful. There's something there. You're just missing it because you're too focused on the negative. Noah here on the Pro-America Report. Kip Harris, my guest. Check out his website, improbablejoy.com. And there you can find out about his book. Also, get the first portion of his book. And it's going to be due out hopefully sometime in 2022 because I'm going to be bugging him to get it out as soon as possible and encouraging him along the way, of course. But often I think, Kip, that people try and look outside for joy. They think, okay, joy is going to slap me in the face. And really, when you look inside yourself especially when you kind of take an inventory of what you have in your life, I think you're going to find a little bit more joy than you expect. Absolutely. Yeah. And this is one of the other things that I think I learned along the way is, you know, the self-help industry in this country has just exploded over the past 20 years um, because people are constantly looking outside themselves for answers about who they are or who they want to be because that's easy. Right? It's easy to pull a book off the shelf and read about how to become this or how to do that. The scariest place to look is inside. I really believe that's the part that people are mostly afraid of. And, you know, when I'm talking about improbable joy, joy in unexpected places, it can be really simple things. Like, you know, I just got together with my family over Thanksgiving and we all got together. We rented this big house with seven bedrooms and everybody got to stay together. Um, and my sister is divorced and uh, engaged to be married again. She has a child with her first husband. Her first husband showed up for our Thanksgiving. He spent Thanksgiving with us so that her ex-husband, my sister's ex-husband, 
got to be there with his daughter and who's fully grown. She's an adult. Um, they've been divorced for many years, but they get along. Her fiance's there. Everybody gets along. And I thought to myself, well, that's cool. But here was the joy for me. The look on my mother's face to see him sitting at the Thanksgiving table with all of us, because he's as much a part of our family, even though they're not married anymore, as anybody else at that table. And when I saw my mom's face, I'm like, this, this is joy for my mom and sort of like secondhand joy for me. Mm. That was unexpected for me. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. People, people need to see those little things because they really do matter. Well, it's for instance, and I've said this on a couple of different radio shows, I've just recently lost my grandmother, who I was extremely close to, 97 years old. She lived such a legacy, and everybody wow. loved loved her so much, Kip. But the joy that I find, actually, and I thought it was going to be harder than it is, going through my first Thanksgiving without her, and now going through my first Christmas mm-hmm. without her, is trying to enjoy the holidays like she would to find the joy that she would within the holidays, whether they're family traditions or reaching out to somebody that she would have reached out to, to keep love in the heart because the holidays were so important to her. And if you look at it from somebody, from somebody else's eyes, you're going to find so much happiness. Absolutely. And I have to imagine that your grandma had sort of, behavioral characteristics, little idiosyncrasies that she had about her personality that will keep her alive forever, as far as I'm concerned. There will always be things that you see in your grandmother in. Um, oh. I, I mean, I have a, a lady that, you know, I, she corrected my grammar one time. It's a really simple story. Long story short, she corrected my grammar. And in that moment, I, I I was like, oh, yeah, she's correct. I used she and I. and I, I said her and I instead of she and I. And to this day, when I use those pronouns, Lavinia Holmquist is alive and well. And I have to believe that your grandma affected you in, in a similar way. The biggest way, I'll say this as we wind down, and I have one more thing to talk about with Kip Harris, is my grandmother was always very much she hated turmoil within the family. She wanted every single person at every single moment to get along. And yeah, that's maybe not the yeah. uh, most realistic view, but it's a very idealistic view. And so my goal and my outlook on life, especially after she passed, is now, you know what? I might not agree 100% of the time with somebody in my family, Kip, but I'm going to do my darndest to make sure that at the, yeah. end, at the end of the day, I let them know how much I love them. Yeah, but it, this is the interesting thing. And for me, this is, this is where you can find improbable joy. Even in that turmoil, you can say, oh, people are arguing, people aren't getting along. But in that moment, you're going to go, that reminds me of my grandma. Yep. Because grandma didn't like this. That's, That's right. joy. So even in that turmoil, that angst, that arguing, you're going to think of your grandma who didn't want that to be a part of your family. And that's joy in the midst of that conflict, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Amen, brother. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. People focus on the conflict, though. You know, and the arguing, and oh, we shouldn't be doing it. But I'm saying, think about your grandma in those moments. You go, okay, grandma, I got this. 
And if it takes somebody else's love that you're close to to get you that improbable joy, use it because that's what family yeah. is there for. Check out Kip's Absolutely. book at com. It's called Improbable Joy, a three-time cancer survivor's journey to finding joy in unexpected places. Also, Kip, before we leave very quickly, do you still do the Zoom meetings with people if they go to your website? Oh, I would love that. I love if people go to my website, they can click on my calendar and schedule a Zoom meeting with me. And that's, that for me is one of the most joyful things that can happen in my week. To have some stranger from across the country just set up a meeting with me and, and I get to meet somebody um, by way of technology. Like that, that for me is incredibly cool. It's incredibly cool. And if you want more about Improbable Joy, go to improbablejoy.com. Check out all things Kip Harris. Also, listen to my show across the county. And I guarantee you on the next episode that Kip Harris is on, there's at least going to be some type of an update about when you could maybe expect the final version of Improbable Joy. Why? Because I'm just a pest. And I, you know, I got to keep him, I got to keep him, I got to keep you accountable, friend. Yes. Yes, he does. I appreciate it. Check him out and the book, Improbable Joy, a three-time cancer survivor's journey to finding joy in unexpected places at improbablejoy.com. More coming up on the Pro-America Report with Ed Martin, Daphne Barak, and Eric Campman. Have a Merry Christmas, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Our next guest is an old friend of mine, Daphne Barak's been on the show before. She is herself a filmmaker. She's a television producer. She is an author. Uh, she's done a bunch of stuff. But the um, And she supported President Donald Trump in 2016 and 2020. Her new book is out, and it's called Struggling for One America, Trump versus Hollywood, The Two White Houses. And in particular, let me make sure to say it is um, a um, Skyhorse Publishing, and you can find it anywhere you find books. Well, welcome, Daphne. How are you? I'm very well, and I'm here with my other half, Bill Ganassi, who is also the author of the book, and we are both very happy to, to be with you, Ed. You're always, like, so much well, fun to talk to you. <laughs> well, thank you. First of all, has Hollywood, you know, Trump is no longer president. Does that mean that Hollywood is relaxed again, that they can stop? They were warring with him for four years. Have they are they sort of gloating about it now? Or what, what's the what is the feeling in Hollywood? And nothing changed. I mean, I think as, as Bill basically put it, it's, we, we are definitely two different uh, Americas, you know, really divided. And what... Uh, what people who read the book, and I know you got it. And by the way, Bill and I have a surprise for your audience. We're going to mail you two copies of signed books that you'll decide which one oh. of your listeners you're going to give great. it to, right? Thank uh, you. Yeah, so, thank you. That's great. And so, Ed, what, what uh, Bill and I uh, feel, and we are in Hollywood right now, um, basically that nothing has changed. I mean, the half of the countries look at... Uh, uh, at, at Trump is still the president and looking at Mar-a-Lago or Bedminster as the White House half of the country mm-hmm. looks at Biden as a president and condemn Trump for uh, for not a, a, a consenting and mm-hmm. but the book uh, if you got it as you see it's a beautiful 20 photos it's a good feel and Bill and I really believe that Yes, we can. Yes, we can become one America. We just have to start talking. And before Mm -hmm. I ask Bill for his input, I want to tell you, if you look at the cover of the book, there are four wonderful people who are recommending it, besides the 24 fantastic artists like, you know, like Ted Nugent and Scott Bio and uh, 
Eric B. Mm-hmm. and Tushot and uh, Kevin Sorbo and Dean Kane and Christy Swanson. Everybody is in the book, but there are four extra people. One is uh, Rita Cosby, a great radio host like yourself. The other one is Congressman Daryl Issa. The third one is our friend mm-hmm. Zan Bar. But the fourth one is why I'm telling you. It's uh, one of the biggest Latino singers today, one of the 100 people of Time magazine for 2020. Uh, he has 48 million followers on Instagram, Jay Balvin. Jay hates Donald wow. Trump. He's the one that when Donald decided that to announce that he was running for president on June 2015, um, Jay Balvin uh, canceled very, very loudly his performance on Miss Universe, which was owned by Trump at that point. Oh. And, and he yep. was offended personally. So Jay Balvin exchanged text with Bill and I said, I hate Donald Trump, whatever. However, even he recognize it what bill and i uh have been doing since covid and since the george floyd uh a tragedy is really trying to bring all sides together and even he as you see says on the cover of struggling for one america trump versus hollywood the two white houses he says it's a very important project daphne and bill i uh, really really happy that you're doing it right bill yes how are you ed I'm doing great, Bill. And and tell me, Bill, before I, I don't want to slide off this, there's a documentary coming too, right? When will that be out? The documentary is already out on Vimeo. Oh. So just go to www.fighting4oneamerica, www.fighting4oneamerica. But of course, right now, when COVID hopefully is, is uh, being, uh, I hope we're going to win against COVID, of course, it will resume its uh, pre-planned uh, theater distribution. So I'm thinking probably around the fall. But meanwhile, uh, we have a lot of uh, viewers on www.fighting4, the number four one America, which is Vimeo, and great responses. And as you saw, uh, Ed, talking about One America, we had the biggest article, very, very flattering article, what we call traditionally left-wing media, uh, Hollywood Reporter, Yahoo, LA Times, they were all uh, praising us for filming during COVID and giving 50 much-needed jobs and giving people, you know, the, the confidence that uh, Hollywood is not over because of COVID. And also for bringing both, you know, African-American famous rappers like Too Short or Eric B or, or Money B or Big Baby, the basketball players, with um, Ted Nugent and... Uh, Scott Bio and Kevin Sorbo and Dean Kane and uh, and Kid Rock and others. So um, uh, that uh, it, it just shows that whoever reads the book, and I hope uh, you you agree with me that yeah. there is so, sort of okay, we are divided, but it's not a lost battle. We can still become one America. We just have to put our heads into it. But the book is also yeah. a very nice coffee table because. Uh, a lot of photos, as you know, uh, publishers don't like to put uh, photos yeah. of the political yeah. books because yeah. it's too costly. Yeah. Like, you, you see right. Melania and I are gossiping in Mar-a-Lago, and Donald and I have this fun <laughs> after he has another golf uh, you know, round. And uh, Ted Nugent and his wife, beautiful wife, Shemaine, Bill and I, having fun in his very colorful home, which is full of dead animals, right, NRA. <laughs> uh, so, right. I mean, it's really something you want to put on your coffee table. And there is a big revelation that uh, was not in the film, that after we finished filming, Bill and I went to see Trump at the White House. Uh, Jared mm-hmm. Kushner invited us. We have been good friends. 
and um, initiated the Trump will talk to the African-American prominent um, rappers and, and basketball players and comedians in the film. They did not believe that they would agree to do that. They, Money B asked me in the film, are you crazy? You want me to talk to Donald Trump? Too short. Said to me, look what happened to my friend Ice Cube. Why would I do that? You know, and he just talked to Jared Kushner. But I did convince four of them to be on the phone with uh, then-President Trump. He called me on Saturday night, November 1st, you know, less than 48 right. hours before the election. He was exhausted, mm-hmm. Ed, from four rallies. Did you imagine? I would be exhausted after one. And um, he really listened. I mean, the conversation wasn't kumbaya. They were complaining. He listened. He flattered. They, they opened the dialogue. And Trump actually invited them to the White House, to the Christmas party. He was under the impression he was winning. As you know, November 3rd came with different uh, outcomes. But Jared Kushner and Bill and I uh, insisted that Trump should really keep his promise, if not for, for now, for building a bridge for 2024 and our midterm election 2022. And he did. He did. As much as he was distracted with all the other legal lawsuits and everything he did, um, we took as a very hilarious photo in, in the book, Struggling for One America, Trump versus Hollywood, of uh, rapper Money B, like in the middle of the top Trump world, hugging Mark Meadows, the chief of staff of the White House, uh, hugging uh, the governor of uh, Texas, the Abbott, uh, you know, uh, bonding with Mark Short, the chief of staff of Spence, in the middle of Christmas trees, and he was Instagramming live from the White House. Here is money beef on the Trump White House. It was very funny. That's funny. So, I mean, so, yeah, um, so, so uh, we're talking with, again, we're talking with Daphne Barak and uh, Bill Ganasti, and the book is called Struggling for One America, Trump versus Hollywood, the Two White Houses. I couldn't help but notice, though, one of the uh, one of the names in here talked about, and also in the back, is Roseanne Barr. And some people get canceled, and it's almost like they can never recover. How do you get back to one America? A lot of people have been hurt by the left and by the cancel culture. it's And even Trump, you know, over the weekend, and when well, I guess when he was in Arizona recently, he said, you know, um, I feel like I won, and I can't, you know, you can't go, um, you can't put that away. I mean, how, how does someone like Roseanne ever feel like One America can work? Roseanne, I have to say, she's very close to Bill and I, and she doesn't feel well. Um, she feels... Um, she's in Hawaii. She never recovered. She came, she went to Hawaii and with her family. Um, she, she's still, you know, if you just mentioned to her ABC, which funny enough, I have a big deal, uh, coming with ABC and she was very generous. Say, okay, you sign with them, but you know, uh, she still feels very bitter and she feels that people like Deborah Massey, Massey, you remember? Tweeted against uh, yeah right whoever, yep, yep. whoever goes to to a program fundraiser should be blacklisted. She feels how come NBC never did anything against her, and you know it's only Roseanne. and um, it's it's a it's bad because yeah she she's one of the most talented uh, comedians and don't forget when she came back the show made millions and millions of viewers uh, to ABC. It was such a hit. And then she was canceled. So um, right. it's not it's not a good feeling. And if you see Daryl Issa, the congressman, actually, uh, on the back cover of the book, actually does talk about cancel culture. And it's something that we have to we have to decide that we 
uh, have to remember that our First Amendment, not Second, not Third, not Fourth, the First Amendment, is freedom of speech. And, and uh, even if somebody sends a crazy Twitter, it's not a reason to be canceled for the rest of her life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's exactly right. All right. Uh, Daphne Barak and uh, Bill Ganasti, the book, again, Struggling for One America. I'm sorry, we're out of time. We'll have you back on again, though. And you said you're going to send two signed copies of the book, which I'll give away to our listeners. Uh, thank you, as always. And uh, let's, let's talk again very soon. Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. Thank, thank you both very much. We'll take a break, everybody, and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Some of you that listen closely have heard me speak about a, a publisher uh, that I have admired so much. They're authors. It's called Republic Book Publishers. And I think my all-time favorite book, well, let me say it differently. My, one of my favorite books in the last two or three years is a book that's called Old Abe. And you've heard me have John Cribb on. It's an extraordinary book. But there's lots of them. There's lots of them in there. The Decline of Nations is a great book by a gentleman named Joseph Johnson. Extraordinary. And of course, Brandon Weikert keeps coming back on the program to enlighten us on space. Well, this is all coming out of Republic Book Publishers. And the two men that founded it are named Eric Campman and Al Regnery. And uh, Al Regnery, you, everyone, we've had him on the show on a couple different topics when Facebook was trying to shut down his authors and all. People kind of know Al. But the other guy in this is Eric Campman. And Eric Campman joins us now. He has had almost uh, almost five decades experience in publishing. Uh, Simon & Schuster, Viking Press, all kinds of things, but he and Al Regnery started Republic Book Publishers to publish good uh, authors. Uh, most of them, many of them conservative, but not only, I guess, is a, you know, good, just good writing and good uh, books. So welcome, Eric. How are you? Good to uh, be here. And I just want to correct one thing. It's all not right. almost five decades. It is, is five it? decades. <laughs> all right. Well, I didn't want to date you. I didn't want to get I'm you in shocked. trouble. I'm <laughs> no, nobody wants to get in trouble right. on that one. But uh, I'm young yeah. at heart. And uh, there you go. Well, so I'm, and I'm very glad to be here with you. Well, thank you. Now, Eric, here's a funny. Let's just start with a, a, a funny question. What, what's your favorite book of, of the Republic of Book Publishers, the ones you guys have done in the last uh, four or five years? What's your favorite one? I mean, it's like asking a father his favorite kid, but I still I want to do it. Well, what do you think? So uh, it's a it's a. Um, a question uh, for right now because we have a bunch of amazing books coming uh, for the rest of this year and for next year particularly. Uh, mine mm-hmm. is yours, Old Abe. Um, mm-hmm. I was involved the agent who uh, used to work for me at Simon & Schuster and she's one of the uh, great agents and they had a very rough time trying to sell John Cribb's wonderful book on Abe Lincoln and um, he, she just called me and I, sort of out of the blue and uh, I just love the idea of it, read it and said this is a classic um, in the best sense of that word and um, because thanks to uh, our friends at Facebook um, it got to number 10 on the Amazon um, overall bestseller <laughs> list so yeah, exactly. uh, we're it was, it was targeted. 
Yeah, it was. It, it's really good. And I, the only thing I tell uh, John Cribb, I'm like his, I'm like his unpaid advisor. I say every time I talk to Regnery or Al Regnery or you, I'll say this: let him do the next one. He thinks he's got another one in him. I, I said, get get after it. We'll get this done. But anyway, all right, Eric, tell me about this. People are watching, and they watch books get canceled. You know, Josh Hawley's book got canceled by one of the big publishers. He did ultimately publish it later. Um, but they're they're you know we're seeing voices silenced on social media sort of somewhat dramatically the best one is donald trump gets pulled off as president um but what's the reality of uh publishing in terms of the sort of unseen um decrease in voices it it feels like that's a if it's a threat to have facebook and 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 uh, and and, uh, twitter silence voices publishers are making those choices too we may not even see it but is that am i overthinking it no, actually, you're underestimating it because it's not just uh, it's it's lapped into a whole bunch of places like the military and um, mm-hmm. beyond that into large corporations and beyond that into every college in the United States, it seems. And I'm talking not only about being canceled, I'm talking about um, critical race theory, uh, Black Lives Matter, uh, uh, Antifa. Uh, I, you know something? This has been coming, and we were all blinded to it. We were we didn't see it coming. Nobody saw it coming except those who were uh, orchestrating it. Um, my experience in publishing houses was not to have uh, somebody at the third level of employment at the company have enough power and voice to prevent books from getting published. Now everybody is scared of being, um, you know, being uh, canceled. And so it's really having an impact on the way people. uh, Here's the great irony. When I came into publishing in the 1970s and even more so in the 1980s, I worked for the big companies. I worked for Viking, St. Martin's Press, and I was the head of sales at Simon & Schuster. A very young age. But one thing was for sure. First Amendment was sacred in the publishing community. And if they decided to publish a book, they were going to go to the Supreme Court to make it happen. And that happened uh, through um, one company that took uh, Lady Charlie's Lover, the D.H. Lawrence, and other books to the Supreme Court for First Amendment purposes and won. Everything is now flipped upside down. And so the very same people, the very same houses are now shocked to find that, uh, you know, their own uh, employees are, you know, overriding First Amendment considerations. So it's a very, uh, I think, tenuous situation in general, and it's a very bad situation uh, in terms of what it implies for the United States. Well, and and Eric, uh, you know, sliding over, I know you made a comment on Facebook. And again, we're talking with Eric Campman. And by the way, RepublicBookPublishers.com, RepublicBookPublishers.com. You go there uh, and look at all these different books we talked about. Um, but sliding for a second from Facebook, which targeted old Abe somehow and then boosted sales on Amazon. But let's talk about Amazon for a moment, because, you know, the the the. the um, the the ability of Amazon to to if not silence sort of effectively limit the reach is unbelievable and I'm thinking by the way of this book Abigail Schreier's book that she came on my show a yeah. year ago when the book came out and it was it's called Irreparable Damage about transgender she's not actually a a far right thinker or writer she's she but she does say this transgender thing is damaging girls and Amazon sort of put her on a, a list based on pressure from their own staff and that's like you know 
know, that's like getting a, a, a silence, not on Main Street, but on, on the whole nation. And how, how does that going to affect things? Well, uh, first of all, I would say if it was a few weeks ago and this had not blown up as it has, uh, that Amazon has been a pretty good player. Uh, they have, I think, been pretty good about, um, you know, there are certain subject areas that they've stayed away from, but that I, I don't, I've never seen sort of a sense that they're going to close things down. Um, the company that does our distribution has an amazingly good re- uh, relationship with Amazon. And if it wasn't for Amazon, I think uh, uh, John Cribb's uh, old Abe uh, would not have done half as well. On the other hand, I'm not naive. And uh, what has happened in other sectors of our society and our culture could easily um, uh, filter into Amazon. Uh, I think it would be a bad decision on their part, but they haven't made that decision. On this particular book, I think... The subject is so sensitive, and so many people that work at Amazon are probably very uh, uh, sensitive about it for whatever reason. And uh, I, you know, I don't know what happened there exactly, mm. but yeah. it, was, it was no, it was no good. And uh, let right. the public decide is my my opinion yeah. on it. And uh, and Amazon has been good about that for the most part. I mean, we have had no problems with Amazon and Amazon uh, is a huge player we all know that um, but right. uh, I've had a lot, you know I've had years and years of dealing in fact I started my own distribution company in 1996 the same year that Amazon launched and I must say that I did not take off on a rocket yesterday, so get a little better <laughs> well, it's than good me. To note. Yeah, yeah, it's good to know. Well, maybe, maybe. Uh, all right, now uh, again, we're talking with Eric Cam, and I want to cover uh, another aspect of this. You, you, Republic Book Publishers, in my estimation, again, you know, Eric Campman and Al Regnery have a lot of experience, so maybe that explains it. But the way you position yourself, I'm looking at the books, and again, RepublicBookPublishers.com. You've had a of these a couple dozen books or so that have been published by you, a couple of have just popped right or at least the people around them have sort of like brandon weikert is now all over i see him all over being quoted sometimes he's he did something on twitter the other day i was like what is he saying but he's now sort of an expert on space right old abe was big the 19th hijacker james reston jr who's a pretty big name but his book i know has been picked up as a movie they're going to maybe make a movie out of it so you've had this ability to pick kind of good authors plus a good topic and and then get them to pop a little bit um is that the model and and my segue to that is you mentioned some books well, that are coming. I, I, Can you tell us what's coming? Well, I, I'm, I'm going to, yes, I'm going to, um, uh, but I, I just want to address this because this is, you really hit the key thing about us that allowed us to propel the company forward faster than you would expect. So in 2018, I sold my distribution company to a bigger distribution company called Independent Publishers Group. And I had no idea, I owned another publishing company called Beaufort Books. I had no idea, and and that company um, published Al Regnery's book. And so Al and I go back to the mid 80s when I distributed Regnery and and I helped, uh, my role in all that was to find the, open up the, the general market for Regnery because 
they, they had a bit of an attitude that nobody's uh, we're going to get sort of not allowed to be in the trade marketplace, and that wasn't true. Uh, B. Dalton, Walden Books uh, embraced uh, the books came in. They may not have liked them, but they certainly sold them. And so when we started this, uh, we had a huge advantage that was unknown at first. And that's oftentimes the way it goes. When I sold my distribution company, I signed uh, distribution deals with the company that bought mine. And so I basically, and I, I kept my editorial chief and other mm-hmm. support personnel in place. And guess what? It was all in place the way we designed it for Republic. So Republic right. started as basically, you know, a, a company, a shell company, and suddenly it was all filled up with all the publishing structure you will ever need forever. And really it made right. us uh, kind of comparable to the big cup, uh, companies. But your, your main point about, well, how did these books pop? Uh, I think that um, uh, our publicist, Dean uh, uh, Grasner, is the best person I've ever worked with. He is relentless. He keeps on uh, placing our titles, whether they came out three months ago or six months ago or yesterday. So I think he... And this would be true of any company. And I think our social media is developing beautifully. So right. I think all components of publishing are in place at Republic. And that has been something that we've been to- able to tell our authors as we're discussing, you know, publishing their book, that right. you're going into the big leagues at Republic, even though two years ago we didn't exist. <laughs> so right. it's a pretty right. good right. story. Right. Yeah, it sure is. Um, I'm a big fan, as you know. Um, Eric, give me a couple of tips, uh, a couple of previews on the fall. I just have about 30 seconds left, but uh, excuse me. Yeah, coming out in the fall and this next year, some give us a preview of a couple if so, you can. So uh, Mark Robinson is the lieutenant governor of Oh, yeah. Wow. Yep, superstar. We, ha- we yeah, have superstar. his autobiography, and it's wow. being written as we speak, and it's going to come out in April. He's amazing. I love this man. Yeah. And Paul yeah. Mango, uh, Al Regnery brought this book in. This is the inside story of Warp Speed, the, the Trump um, um, drive. It was, it was kind of like a military thing of, of getting the, the, uh, the vaccine, the uh, vaccines done yeah. uh, by the yeah. end of last year. It's an impossible story. It's a beautiful story of how, in some cases, the federal government working with private enterprise creates a miracle. And that's what happened mm. here. Wow. That's cool. All right. Listen, I got to run, Eric. Thank you. As always, I will put it up on social media, republicbookpublishers.com. Uh, also, you can go over on social media. I will put up there. They've got, you mentioned an active Twitter feed and uh, appreciate it very much, Eric. Thank you. It was great talking to you. Thanks, Ed. Okay. All right. We'll take a break, everybody. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here in a pro America report back in a moment. And that's going to wrap it up on this edition of the Pro-America Report. I'm Noah at a time. A very special thank you to my guest, author Kip Harris of Improbable Joy. If you can check it out, it's going to be a book that's going to really impact your life. Right now, the book is not out, but you can get the first section. Go to improbablejoy.com and subscribe to the website. Kip will send that out to you. 
A very Merry Christmas from myself and Ed Martin and everybody here at the Pro-America Report. Go to ProAmericaReport.com. Check out all the amazing interviews that Ed Martin has conducted and maybe even a few from myself that really better the community and better America because that is what it is all about. Merry Christmas, everybody. We'll see you next week right here on the Pro-America Report. I'm producer Noah. Thanks for joining me. Merry Christmas. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.